the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. And welcome to No Buts About It. We are recording at night. I am tired. Chuss is tired. I had a class today that ran long. I apologize once again that this episode is coming to you late. But I am in a dorm room in Ohio. Chuss is in a basement in Pittsburgh. And we are going to be talking about the divisional playoff rounds for the NFL. I am currently running off of a Dr. Pepper and a caffeine shot that I took earlier. So we'll see how this goes. Um, I don't know what Chuss is running off of. Maybe just pure energy and adrenaline. Uh, I had one code red earlier, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So Perfect. Just, just, yeah. So first game that happened was Jaguars and Chiefs. And you were actually kind of right on this one. You... I mean, you took the Jaguars, so you were wrong about that. I was right about the Chiefs winning, but you were right about it being a closer game. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a three-point game like I had said, and obviously I thought Jacksonville was going to come in. But the one thing I will say about this game compared to two of the other games this uh, this, uh, weekend, um, it was very close. And I I did like that the idea that at the end of the game it was 27-20 final. Um, it looked like Jacksonville was like a legit team, obviously, you know, young team, young quarterback, you made some very, very bad mistakes, you know, the fumble rate at the, at the goal line, like really close to then you also had like, as soon as the Jacksonville Jaguars got the ball back, Trevor Lawrence through the, through that interception. Um, there was a lot of, um, unfortunate mistakes on Jacksonville's end, um, that could have really been a difference maker for the team, but also Kansas city is a very good team. You know, once again, you're playing an arrowhead, Um, but I like how close it was. It really showed promise and potential for Jacksonville. And it, and it proves to me that Jacksonville deserved to be there. Um, We, we kind of, I'll get into another game later, but I think there's another matchup that makes me really believe that some teams really shouldn't have made it, but we'll, we'll get into it. Um, later on, but more or less, I think it was a fun game. I don't know how much you watched of it, but I thought it was a really entertaining game for most of it. I mean, obviously I would have liked it to have been like, like really tight because, you know, I was kind of rooting for the Jags a little bit here, but, um, I am, you know, still content with it. You know, I I like the chiefs. I like Patty Mahomes. I like what they're running with. And, you know, I'm still a big Juju fan, even though, uh, He's with the Chiefs now, not the Steelers. So always want what's best for him. Hey man, it, it happens. It happens. I mean, you, you can't you can't have every receiver ever stay on your team. And so, but I mean, it, it's still uh, it was still it was it was a fun one. It, it was a good way to kick kick it off. I would say it was a good uh, kickoff to the divisional. What, what do you think? How, how do you think the game played out? It was a good game. Um. 
I think okay, I would not have sent Patrick Mahomes back out personally because Okay, I also agree with that. He, too, but continue. So, okay. There are two th- takeaways I had from this game. Patrick Mahomes doesn't know his own limits, and I think Trevor Lawrence kind of proved himself a little bit in this game. So for the first one, Patrick Mahomes should not have gone back in, in my opinion, um, because Chad Henney has been in the league for a long time, and he's been a career backup. But there, his one drive that he was in, they, he scored pretty easily, you know? And yeah, it was like a 98 yard drive. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And like, I didn't really see anything to where I was like, okay, yeah, if Chad Henney plays the rest of this game, then the Chiefs are going to lose this. Patrick Mahomes comes back in, and I texted you, he's galloping, <laughs> he's galloping like a horse. And for you thought that I meant that they were destroying the Jaguars, but yeah, because. I was because obviously I was watching the game and you were like, and the way that the text I read it was, <laughs> Mahomes is galloping on the field. He and I thought gall- you meant like I I didn't know you meant literally. I was looking at it as like a oh figuratively he's galloping through this game like he's just making it look easy. And I was like it's seven seven. And then you realize and then you were like he's injured. And I was like oh you meant galloping as a horse like because of his leg injury. I was like. Oh well, yeah, obviously, yeah. I I don't know what I was thinking, but like <laughs> at that moment, he was I literally was running around, jumping like up and down on one yeah. leg, and even on his handoffs when he'd run back to hand the ball off, he'd kind of gallop. So like at yeah. that point, I'm like, okay, Chad Henney, I don't have a reason to believe you're gonna lose this game with Chad Henney in, and if if you assume you're gonna win, you want Patrick Mahomes for the AFC Championship. You want him in that game. You don't want him to make it even worse, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Patrick said that he's going to play this week in the AFC Championship, but Tony Romo was kind of talking about like, yeah, he said that when all of the adrenaline was still pumping through his body. I had a high ankle sprain and said the same thing. He said in the coming days is when it gets worse. He said mm-hmm. by Wednesday he's probably going to – feel like he's going to need crutches. So it'll be kind of how fast he recovers. Maybe Patrick will play. Maybe he won't. Don't know. Obviously, I think Patrick should play. I mean, AFC Championship, as long as he feels okay to play. Um, But I don't think I would have put him back in that game as quickly as they did. Uh, second thing was Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor Lawrence um, has kind of gotten some hate. By me included, um, in his playing style, I I didn't see him as it wasn't hate against him. It was he's supposed to be this generational quarterback that's going to come right in and immediately turn the league upside down, and he wasn't that. Mm-mm. Granted, he had coaching issues, whatever. His first season, he didn't live up to the expectations that were put upon him, whether unfairly or fairly. Um, I saw a dude who can sling it though during that game. Like, I know he has his interception problems, and that comes with age. I think. I mean, he'll get older, start making better decisions. I mean, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, they've they've still got interception issues, and they're considered great quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't see why Trevor can't refine his throwing ability. 
the dude threw the ball like 60 yards to, I think it was Christian Kirk. And it, in my opinion, was very catchable, especially for a 60-yard throw. And Kirk just dropped it, which, I mean, that's a hard catch to make, but it was there. And Chris Collinsworth was like, oh, I can't believe he overthrew that guy. And then Patrick Mahomes, like, did the exact same thing, rolled out, and then threw it into the dirt. And they're like, oh, that was a phenomenal play by Patrick Mahomes to know his, to know when to just throw it away. I was like, what? Yeah, that was, (laughs) they, I called it um, meat riding uh, in the uh, PG version of saying it, or I guess even PG 13 version of saying it, because the thing is, is like, um, um, like the thing was, is they, I, I get that like Patrick Mahomes is a stud. Don't do not get me wrong, but like you know they're like blaming so many of the stupid things that Trevor Lawrence does on like, oh yeah, you overthrew the ball. It was it Christian Kirk dropped the ball, um, and he was also like double covered. So I mean, mm-hmm. he got it there. The ball was there. It wasn't like he like it wasn't like the ball was like in the end zone or hit the white line out right. of bounds or something like that. He he had the he had the the distance when Patrick Mahomes threw that ball and it was like a throwaway. It looked like he had just like like you said it hit the dirt and it was like, like, it just it didn't look like a good pass to me. I mean, I'm I'm sure you probably agreed with me too. I I think it was like I don't even think he meant to throw it away. I think he meant to throw <laughs> it to somebody and he just missed. I don't I don't literally think that that was him having good uh, awareness per se. I think that was him trying to make a pass and he couldn't and it went. Pfft. Right. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a very high IQ player, very athletic player, but. That was not an example of that, in my opinion. That If I was, like, trying to prove to someone that Patrick Mahomes was a high IQ player, I would not show them that play. But that was apparently a high IQ play, according to Chris Collinsworth. And then, the ne- uh, well, we'll talk – no, I'll say it now. During the Bengals-Bills game, they were still talking about Patrick Mahomes and how yeah. great of a quarterback he was. And he wasn't even in the game. Like – yeah, Bills and Bengals, two different teams, not even anywhere in any of those divisions at all. Um, yes, I get it. It's the AFC conference, but, like, what, why are you still talking about like, the Chiefs game? It's like, It happened yesterday. Like, no, they were talking. They're like, they're like oh, these quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's a whole league ahead of both of these guys. We'll have to see if they can compete. I'm like, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes has been beat by the Bengals three times in a row. Yeah, and, and they the can Bills compete. Also, <laughs> the Bills also had beaten the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this season as well. So what do you mean that we're going to have to see if they can compete? The Buffalo Bills literally beat the Chiefs 24-20 at some point this season. I remember seeing the video for it, like, right around, like, November or December or whatever. I, I think I sent you the meme video because the Bills, like, sending their, like, their, like, uh, YouTube poop video things that they like to post when mm-hmm. they win games. And then the Bengals did it this week. But we'll, we'll get into that. We'll yeah, we did. Think was I, don't, I, I still don't get it. Like, I didn't get it when the Bills did it. And I didn't get it it's, when the Bengals did it. It's really funny, but um, no, but yeah, funny. I mean, I, well, you just you had you, you have to understand, Josh. But, I don't understand. But um, but yeah, I think um, I think like I said, I think the game is good, but I think the the announcers really need to lay off Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're they're really putting him on the highest pedestal, like they do like like they do Tom Brady, and not that Tom Brady isn't like like a good quarterback. It's just like there's just always so much talk about Tom Brady always. And I mean, it's lesser now, but like whenever he was like in his thirties and stuff, everybody was talking about Tom Brady and do not get me wrong. Like Tom Brady had, has won seven super bowls. He's made like 11 super bowl appearances. He, he has had a phenomenal 
uh, trophy chasing career in his lifetime. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like Patrick Mahomes, yes, he has gone to multiple AFC championships. He has gone to two Super Bowls, has won one and lost one. And for his year, like for him being only what twenty seven, like that is very good. Um, like for his age range, for being in that many AFC championships and making it twice, like that is very good for a quarterback. But the thing is, is like you can't put him on that high of a pedestal and talk about him so much to the point where everyone's like, shut up about Patrick Mahomes. You're making it, you want to make him, if, if the NFL wants to make Patrick Mahomes their golden boy, they shouldn't be, you know, like talking about him so highly all the time because at, at a point it's just going to get annoying for everybody like it did for me for Tom Brady. And then I don't like the guy. And I really liked Patrick and I really like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and I don't want, and I don't want to see myself like be like, I hate that guy. And like right now, like, I feel like in some aspects, like Joe Burrow, I think a lot of people, um, I think Andrew said it best. Like, I think a lot of people really like the, like Joe Burrow, like, you know, Most like, marketable he's a player. very good, he is a very good, very able to be marketed uh, player, you know, with the cigar, you know, the cigar photos, the videos and stuff is a very good player, but the NFL doesn't talk about him. And I, I think Joe Burrow needs a little bit more um, recognition for his talent considering this is only his what third year in the nfl right like like you consider everything said i mean even in his first year he didn't look bad he just got hurt and and then the team didn't do that well and then the next year after that he comes in and next thing you know you guys are in the super bowl so like it's one of those things where it's like i think he needs a little bit of recognition too i don't think you should focus the entire attention on patrick mahomes when literally joe burrow should also be in that conversation too It, it was a fluke Bengals were a fluke. Joe Burrow's a fluke quarterback. Herbert's better. That was the narrative. That was the narrative yeah. that was ran with all season last year and, and this year. So and Herbert, <laughs> and, and, and we see where Herbert is, and we see Joe Burrow back to back AFC championships. Whether they whether the Bengals win or lose, it shows you Joe Burrow is hanging with the big dogs right now. And right, right now he's on pace to be on the same pace as uh, Kansas City's Patrick Mahomes. Right. I mean. Yeah, he he really is. He's on. He's in the same pace. Patrick Mahomes didn't start his first year. I mean, granted, Joe Burrow did, and he got hurt. So we can kind of put them in a similar perspective in a way, because um, they both didn't play a full season. And then they go in the next year, and they they have bomb years. I don't remember what Kansas City did um, when Patrick Mahomes started his first year. I think, I think that might have been AFC Championship. Don't remember if they eighteen. Yeah, I don't think I, they won. I, I don't. don't well, it feels. I don't remember. remember. I mean, I'll have to look back into it, but I mean, it, regardless, I mean, like it's, it's been a, it's been a, like a very cool run for both quarterbacks. I think you need recognition on the Bengals. I, I but, think it's a rivalry that the NFL doesn't want to put. They've been trying to push the Mahomes Lamar rivalry and that never really worked out. They tried pushing the Mahomes Allen rivalry, which it's kind of there, but I feel like a Mahomes Burrow rivalry is going to be easier to market than any of them and the nfl's not doing it and they need to i i just i i think it has to i don't know what it would have to do i don't know what it has to do with at all maybe it has to do with the fact that like cincinnati had been having many rough years over the last like 20 years or so like it's it's weird for them to be it, it was weird for me to be like and it's still weird for me to this day to see like because when i when i was growing up like watching the like nfl and stuff like that Tampa Bay was never a good team. Mm-hmm. Like I know that they had a good year in 2006. Um, they won the Super Bowl that year, but like uh, up until like just recently, Tampa Bay did nothing. 
they were always at the bottom. They got Jameis Winston. They were it was generational. Did nothing. Like it, it was like it, it was just like this team was always like mediocre at best. Maybe make a push. Never makes it. And then to see them win a Super Bowl again with Tom Brady, it just it didn't feel right to me. Right. Like it just didn't. It felt like I was like watching a game through Madden. And maybe maybe the NFL is like, oh well, because you know Cincinnati's been so rough for so many years you know the fluke and blah 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 blah, and like want to throw all this stuff and maybe they're just like assuming it that way which they shouldn't because as years go on like teams are going to develop better and it's not going to be the same Steelers 49ers Cowboys Patriots every single year you're going to have these teams that like eventually at some point we are going to see Houston in the Super Bowl like I'm not saying it'll be next year but you're going to eventually see Houston in it you're going to see the Lions maybe you'll even see the Lions versus the Browns that's my dad's dream Super Bowl (laughs) is the Lions versus the Browns. Like, maybe you'll see that someday. I mean, like, some of these these teams are bound to make it at some point. You can't you can't not market them because they're going to make it. But um, you want to get to the, the yeah. second game? Let's go to the Giants-Eagles game, which I'm going to – I didn't – I'm going <laughs> to quote my friend here. Before the game even started, my friend who is a Giants fan said, I have no hope that we win this game, but I do have a little hope that they keep it close. They did not. The Eagles proceeded to <laughs> outscore the Giants 38-7, to um, making Vikings fans question everything about their team, making Giants fans question their team. Um, I don't... I think the Eagle I don't I don't even know. I don't know if the Eagles are legit. I don't know if the Giants are frauds. Eagles had the uh, easiest schedule. It's they're very talented, but I don't know, like compared to the AFC, I don't I don't know. I mean, the thing with the Eagles is like I mean, they did have a very easy schedule, like do not get me wrong. Like obviously but I mean it, it just makes you wonder because like like yes, I know the Eagles have the Giants number. They beat them twice this year. They they demolished them the first meeting that they had, and in the second meeting it was a lot closer. Um, but in this game, it almost felt like the Giants didn't show up. And I really thought that like very similar to how like I was talking about Kansas City coming off the bye. I was like, if Kansas City like struggles, I was like, your your bye week th- your bye week prediction where it's like uh, the bye week might be a little bit of a a lesser of a gain having the bye week resting your starters because everybody goes in a little bit colder and like not as like you know adrenaline like rushing and like you know just keeping the energy high i mean there's a lot of perks and a lot of ups and downs with it but like when the eagles went in they just looked like good like they just looked like a solid team now granted you're playing the giants who you already have their number like this entire season but like most of the division games we saw this entire like at all this year you know baltimore like the ravens and Bengals, like that was a close game. Dolphins and um, Dolphins and Bills. That was a very close game. Like, and those are just two of the games. Like, it's just like one of those things where it's like, I, it's really hard for me to like put into words where it's like you would expect it to be a closer game, but it wasn't. And I don't want to. I don't think the Eagles are necessarily frauds. I just, I, I just don't know. I, I, I just, I, I have. I don't know. 
it's it's t- it's a tough call but i mean they look good i mean they look good it wasn't like it was like a 27 final where they just dominated on defense they dominated offensively to the point where they put in gardner Minshew at the end of the game like yep. it was it was that bad like it makes you like the giants beat the vikings yes and then the giants went and got smoked by the eagles i feel and, bad for the vikings fans right now because the giants didn't even keep it close and uh c cj gardner johnson got his car stolen did being, he really? <laughs> it is being reported. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson says his car was stolen after Philadelphia's playoff win over the Giants. He put a video on Instagram. Ah, <laughs> uh, His car was didn't... stolen in Philadelphia. How does that? Uh, <laughs> it literally uh... just popped up on my notifications. <laughs> Which I, oh, he's a guy my. that... Um, PFF was – I think it was PFF. It might have been Pro Football Talk. I sometimes get them confused. But anyway, they were po- they posted something about, like, free agents each team should go for, and they were saying he should go – or the Bengals should go for him. So maybe now that he's gotten his car stolen, he's going to be like, Philadelphia sucks. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to Cincinnati. So maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I just, I don't, if you have C.J. Gardner-Johnson's car – and you are listening to this podcast. First of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. Second of all, please return Mr. Gardner Johnson's car to him because he wants it. And that's um, just sad. Yeah. That's really sad. I, I, I would like to think that that was just like a like a bandit like a, a bandit uh person, not like an Eagle fan that's just like, yeah, like we won. How would so, you even know that it's his car, though? I, I mean, they... like, I mean, I guess it depending on what kind of car it was. Like, if it looked really expensive and sporty, they're probably like, "Oh, this is one of the players' cars. We're gonna steal it." But if it wasn't, and it was just some bandit, like, you know, person that just like walked up and was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm just gonna steal this car because it's nice and I can get a lot of money for it," and you didn't know, then I mean, like, that's another thing. But like, I mean. We know that Philly. A lot of cities have dangerous areas, so it really depends on where he got stole, where it got stolen from. Because like, like any city that you go to is gonna have dangerous areas. Like everybody's like, oh, Philly's a bad area. You know, Cleveland's a bad area. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Detroit. But like a lot of the places where these stadiums are at are not bad areas. I, I want to make that clear to anybody ever wanting to go to an away game. Like if you go to like I've never been to Detroit, but I have had friends that have gone to Ford Field. And it cannot be a safer area for around Ford Field. Steelers, uh, Steelers fans are still mean though. Except I mean, one uh, guy well, who bought me a free beer. That dude was well. Nice. Well, okay. Well, fan bases are different. Like fans, <laughs> yes, but like when it comes to like, oh, I'm afraid of getting shot in Pittsburgh. You're not going to get shot in the North Shore. I'm just, you're not going to get shot. Now, if you venture into different areas of Pittsburgh that are not the North Shore, then you might get shot. But like, there's other areas that you don't have to go into to avoid being shot and enjoy the city i mean like it's pittsburgh i mean every city has their areas because like i was talking to my my parents um not too long ago and i was telling them how um i was considering going to baltimore at some point uh in the fall for a ravens game just to knock it off my bucket list and my parents were telling me that i shouldn't go to baltimore because it's dangerous and i said that baltimore wasn't dangerous it was just certain areas of baltimore dangerous just like in pittsburgh and cleveland and everywhere else you can go 
I mean, it's just how it is. Imagine getting so, shot at Tequila Cowboy. That is not how I'd want to die. I, I, I mean, it's so it, it would. It's I mean, it's not that it couldn't happen. It's just such a rare occurrence because the North Shore is very populated with police for that very reason because of how big girls. of a bar. Well, college girls, not teenage girls. Not teenage, but yeah, college girls that are like in their twenties, like early, yeah, twenty. Okay, we're like. we're getting really off topic. This is not a well. Big... It, I mean, it goes into the topic of like like where he got his car stolen. Like if it was outside Lincoln Financial Field, then it could have easily been an Eagles fan. But if it was somewhere in like a shady area, of Philly, then yeah, you've just got like could have been a Giants fan. What if it was a mad, angry Giants fan? A mad Giants fan. Now like, that is that is an interesting. He take. said, "I don't know whose car this is, but I bet it's one of the players." Maybe it was Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley was like, "I didn't get a touchdown. Josh's parlay did not hit. I'm, I'm mad. Josh is mad. I'm taking someone's car." So, I mean, it's very up for what it could be, well, but it was just reported like four hours ago. So, I mean, I mean, it could be very like it's it's very up in the air of what it possibly could be, but I don't know. Just speaking of Juju from when we were talking about Juju, it kind of reminds me of like the big thing in Pittsburgh whenever you, everyone was like, "Oh, Juju got his bike stolen." Everybody messaged to get Juju's bike back. So, Juju got maybe his every... bike stolen. Yeah, so before Juju could learn how to drive, um, Juju had a bike. Wait, what? And... Wait, wait, wait. I, I never heard of this. Okay, De- we're derailing the podcast for this story now. Okay, I am okay, so intrigued. So, I'm turning you I off. Mean, okay, so so I, this was um this was a couple years ago. I mean, obviously, I think this was his rookie season, maybe his first actual season after that. I don't remember, but basically what happened was Juju had a bike and he didn't have a driver's license. He just had a bike. So he would bike to places and he would bike to practice. Now I don't remember exactly where he was. Just or... to clarify, this is a pedal bike, right? Yeah, like like a like a two wheel bike with like yeah the pedal. But not like a motorcycle. Yeah. No, like a pedal no, no, bike. no 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 like an actual bike. Like it's as far as I yeah as far as I remember it was not a motorcycle. It was like a literal legit bike. Okay okay. And um he would ride around on this bike and at some point I don't remember exactly where it was because it was so long ago now. But I remember the report was is that his bike got stolen, and then the Steelers nation and like Juju was like guys my bike got stolen very sad whatever and everyone was like no 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 we're gonna make sure we get your bike back and I, I don't know if they fundraised or whatever but I think he ended up getting his bike back. But one of the players it might have been um uh zach banner i think it was maybe uh like forced him to get his driver's license it might have been i don't think zach banner plays for zach banner doesn't play anymore like in the nfl but i think it might have been zach banner or there was a player that like helped him get his driver's license so that he didn't have to worry about biking around anymore so that he could drive and now obviously he owns corvettes and all of the above and stuff but at one point in his career at the very beginning of his career he did have a bike and he did get his bike stolen and then he did get his bike back now i i don't remember clarification on if the guy turned it in gave it back like i don't know how it went down but yes he did get his bike stolen and it kind of reminded me like with this car being stolen the bike getting stolen the only difference is is this car is probably worth thousands and thousands of dollars juju's bike was probably worth maybe couple hundred dollars at most i mean i'm sure the guy probably was like i'm sorry i didn't mean it right this guy's probably like i meant it i want my i want this car and it's gonna make me a lot of money so i don't know it's very uh very interesting so i've never heard that story 
yeah uh, it's a, it's a it's an interesting read um i mean yeah, i mean it's it's very lost in steelers media now but um you could definitely still find stories on juju's bike they made shirts for it it was <laughs> we were they it was it was a whole thing it was like juju's bike and it was just a picture of a bike and like I just imagine like the save save ferris shirts from ferris bueller yeah it's like say, yeah. save juju's bike okay i never heard that story um i apologize yeah, he, if Nobody, if none of the listeners cared about that, I cared though. Chess. Yeah, I, that was an important yeah, story that needed to be. So, shared. November second, twenty seventeen, on CBS Sports, Antonio Brown promised free tickets and that's the man, to the man that's, who returned Smith Schuster's bike. That's his rookie year. So, yeah, Juju might be the first person ever to have their bike stolen and have it returned in less than twenty four hours. So, Juju so, yeah, was it, a rookie for like in november beginning of november so he was there for like two like, months it was like october and november yeah so it was october when the bike got stolen in november i guess the person who got the bike back wanted antonio brown's reward because antonio brown promised two tickets and i, I don't know if there was a follow-up if antonio brown ever gave him the tickets or not that was before antonio brown like absolutely lost his mind but um but like that whole thing that happened i remember it because it, it was big pittsburgh sports news forever but um yeah Juju's bike did get stolen. But, okay, Juju's um, bike was stolen and returned. Get Gardner Johnson's car back to him. Yes, that's so, that's the moral of the story. Next game, Bengals Bills. Uh, you know, I am just very disappointed in the Bills' overall performance. Did, but did, did you see what Stefan Diggs did? I did not see what Stefan Diggs did. Stefan Diggs went to the locker room, got changed, and then left or tried to leave before the coaches even made it to the locker room really and uh the practice squad running back duke johnson had to like come back and get him and put him back in the locker duke, room duke and, johnson um, i haven't heard that name in forever well duke. he's relevant again i'm raising up my water bottle for duke johnson he's right in now. the Love news he's in the news again um basically stefan diggs did issue an apology and he was just basically like am I supposed to be okay with the way we played, you know, when it didn't live up to what we've been expecting all year, this has happened like the last three years, which is true. Um, yes. Obviously I was rooting for the Bengals, but I mean, you do kind of feel for Stefan Diggs. He's always been like a top guy at his position and he just, the teams he's been on, haven't been able to get it done Vikings or the bills. And uh, the bills every year, it's been like, they're going to be this in the super bowl. They're going to be in the Super Bowl, and every year they're not in the Super Bowl. And, I mean, there's a lot of different things surrounding this game. You had DeMar Hamlin there, and some people, of course, are like, well, was it really DeMar Hamlin? You know, you're going to have a conspiracy theorist about everything. But uh, I I do feel for Stefan Diggs, and I know that that team was trying to rally around DeMar, kind of get that Super Bowl win for DeMar. But at the same time, the Bengals played so freaking good, all things considered. I mean, Our, yeah, they dominated both sides of the ball. I mean, there's like no denying that the Bengals. It, honestly, it was a very hard game, in my opinion, to watch because it it's very similar to the Giants uh, Eagles game in a way, where it just didn't feel like at any point that the other team was going to come back. And like at one point, like I just. I just really stopped paying attention. So you probably watched it a lot more intently than I did. It had nothing to do with the, the out, like the, the game or anything like that. Cause I watched most of the Ravens and Bengals game. What I did, what I was able to catch of the game. 
um but like because of how close it was and like how interested but like the bills just looked awful and i even made a joke i told my dad i was like they need to bring Lashawn mccoy back for this game like holy crap like it was snowing and we know how good Lashawn mccoy plays in the snow i was like he's probably like ancient at this point but like geez like the, the, the bills need something to like their like their spirits up but it just it, it was very disappointing for bills fans and bill and the bills team themselves but you know it really solidifies the the argument about joe burrow and Bengals and I mean, they look like a scary team. It's not a team that, you know, I would have expected to make it so far, but it's also a team that you should have, everybody should have expected to make it this far. Tony Romo said he finally sees them as a juggernaut. Um, I'm, I'm glad it took him to this point. He's finally admitting it. I'm proud for Tony. Um, congratulations. Uh, congrats, Tony Romo. You've pointed out what people have been saying for months. Um, I just Cam Taylor Britt doesn't get enough credit in my opinion. He played phenomenal. Um, he had that interception against Josh Allen near the end of the game, and the dude like came out of nowhere and just snagged it. And that was great. I'm really excited to see him play for the Bengals in the coming years. Um, I just the O line looked good. I'm not the biggest Jackson Carmen fan, but he looked really good yesterday at left tackle. Um, he didn't. I don't think he let up a single sack. And that was his first start at that position, I believe. So definitely something to look forward to. I was more worried about this game than I was against than I was or than I am playing the Chiefs. I mean the Bills, they've been a like I said, they're a great team. They've just fallen short every year. The Chiefs, we've seen them three times in the last year, and we beat him every time. Now Patrick Mahomes is running around like a limp gazelle. I, th- I think we'll be okay. I think I think it's going to be who do we have to play from the NFC. Um, I, I, I would like to agree, but also, like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like it's still Kansas City. That's true. I would, I would not necessarily count next week as a win, even with your stats. Uh, with like, I mean, Joe Burrow had the fact that he's five and zero against Patrick Mahomes is insane. He's like that, that's three and zero. I thought yeah. it was five and zero. Either way, three and zero. But I mean, either way, like that is still a very impressive stat line. Um, but like also, like I said, this is Kansas City. I mean, they're still a very, very impressive team. Um, and 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 on top of that, like, um, w- w- with Kansas City, like even with like if Patrick Mahomes were to go down, like we we can we both even agreed like Chad Henney probably would have been able to rally what he could because of his experience. Like, would he have been able to beat the Bengals per se? I don't know. But the fact is, is like even last year when you guys played them, like it, that was a very, very close AFC championship game. It, it really had you. Yeah. It was very on your edge of your seat situation and stuff. So I really, no matter what the situation of Patrick Mahomes' injury is, I, I still think it's going to be a great game. And I think it's going to be close all the way to the end again, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna um, rally. I don't know who the, the winner is gonna be. I mean, we can make our picks this week. We'll talk about all that in the coming weeks or this coming week. We have some things that we have planned for for our oh, picks yeah. and stuff. But we'll <laughs> we'll talk about that later in the week for Wednesday and Friday. But um, but before but yeah. So I, but overall, the Bengals played. We're up to something as always. But uh, the Bengals they played an awesome game. I mean, like you can't deny it. Um, what did the final score end up being? Um, 27, 10. 27, 10. Like it, it was a, 
very dominating win. I mean, like, yes, the Buffalo Bills put up 10, but like at any point, if you would have told me the Buffalo Bills were coming back, I wouldn't have believed you and they never did. So um, the Bengals just very complete team went into Buffalo. It was snowing. Just did not matter for Joe Icy Burr. He doesn't, he doesn't lose in the cold and he thrives in the cold. He's just too icy. The Bills defense just, it seemed like they were confused. There was one point where, I don't they know. couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop. They the couldn't run. stop Mixon. They couldn't stop Samaje. But then there was a play. I think it was in the end zone, and I forget who caught the ball, or maybe he didn't catch the ball. I don't know. I forget who the Bengals receiver was, but he like fell between two Bills players, and Jordan Poyer was one of them. I don't know who the. I can't remember who the other one was, and they like knocked each other out. And so Jordan Poyer got taken out of the game. Oh yes, yes, and, I remember. That was at the end of the game. It was um, it, it was closer to like the fourth third fourth quarter ish mm-hmm. i i know it was poyer and somebody else but they like went did a head-on collision they both were down on the ground and i was like oh my gosh like the bills do not deserve this right now like no. this is just this is tragic and then like you know because head-to-head contact and they both were like limp on the ground i was like this is scary again and then and then the referees had the audacity to go out on the field and be like pass interference i'm like <laughs> check on the guys <laughs> check on the guys before you make any calls like I was a little mad about that, but like, even if it was Bengals, like I, I would have been mad about that too. But like, I, I just, I, I think that was a little bit, but it, yeah, I, I, it was, it was rough. It was towards the end of the game. And but yeah, I, remember. I, I like Jordan Poyer too. So I was kind of sad to see him leave the game. I think he's fun to watch. He's got a really cool story, which we can talk about some other time, but yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing was, and of course I'm going to talk about this. We talked about it before the show, the, Better get your refunds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the Chiefs and Bills AFC Championship, for those of you who don't know, was if it came down to it, a Chiefs-Bills AFC Championship was going to be at a neutral site due to the whole DeMar Hamlin situation. That was what the league decided, whether you like it or not. I think it's kind of stupid, but that's what they decided. It was going to be at a neutral site. And somebody, I don't know who, but apparently said, like, oh, the Bengals don't have a chance. You might as well just buy your tickets now because it's definitely going to be in Atlanta. Atlanta was the neutral site that was chosen. Well, Joe Burrow was being interviewed about that after the game, and he said, uh, better make sure you get your refunds or something something along those lines. It's on. Uh, it was, yeah, better get those refunds. Better get those refunds, yeah. he was. It's on T-shirts everywhere now. Anyway, um. So I looked up how many tickets does the NFL have to refund for this game that never happened. It's more than 50,000 tickets had been sold for this game that was a complete hypothetical. Um, which maybe you're like, that's not that doesn't sound like a whole lot. I mean, 50,000. But then you cl- you go to the Atlanta Stadium. How many people does the Atlanta Stadium sit or seat? And uh. Mercedes-Benz Stadium has a seating capacity of 71,000 people for Falcons games. So I assume they'd use the same seating chart and is expandable to seat over 80,000 for special events. I presume that's they're getting the extra 9,000 when you take the field away and special events are like concerts when they can have people down on the field. But yeah, so over half of this state, three quarters of the stadium was already sold out for a game that was a complete hypothetical. Uh, yeah. And, and, it, and I mean, there was, it's crazy because like, 
I'm sure like I don't know how many seats were sold on average for Falcons for Falcons fans this year, just like the Falcons team in general. But like I don't think they were probably selling as high of tickets for this game, like as much because of the season that they were having. Um, granted, I don't know though because most of the Steelers games were still selling out, and they didn't. They weren't at one point. They weren't going to look like they were making it. The only game that did not sell out, I know for a fact, was Christmas Eve, but that game was freezing. But I mean, like, it makes you really wonder. It's like, wow, that's really crazy that this game almost was close to. And I mean, I'm sure as it led up, like, I'm sure a lot more people would have bought in it had there been a neutral zone site. It probably would have sold out. But like, that's really crazy for a neutral zone site. Well. It's really crazy for a hypothetical. Yeah, also true. Not, because, not even a neutral yeah. zone. It's the, like the game wasn't even for sure happening and now is never going to happen. All these people were buying tickets saying like, oh, yeah, that's where it's going to happen. But no, it's not. It's going to happen yeah. in Kansas City. Because yep, and now the Bengals are going into Arrowhead. We're going back into Arrowhead. We're going to say, hey, look at us. We're doing it again. Run it back. How many times, Joe Burrow will be like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man, to Patrick Mahomes? Even that's, though Patrick Mahomes is young, but yes, that's yes, one of, that's one yes. of the few SpongeBob references I know. Let me have my moment. Anyway, that's that's what's gonna happen. Um, there was another game that was super boring for the first half. Yeah, and Cowboys 49ers. Cowboys kicker comes out. And his PAT was blocked. And I don't know if you saw this, but the governor of Texas, who I, I don't know if you're aware, but the governor of Texas is in a wheelchair. And he said, I think I could kick better than the Dallas kicker right now. Oh, I did not hear that. Oh, and man, that governor is- Greg Abbott is in a wheelchair. Um, and he tweeted I confirmed it was his official account. Tweeted, I think I could kick better than the Dallas kicker right now. Um, 49ers ended up winning the game, not by a PAT, but instead by, I mean, Brock Purdy looked decent. I would have stuck more to the pass rush if I was the Cowboys. I mean, the first half they were kind of just making Purdy's life hell, and then they kind of moved away from it a bit. But Or maybe the 49ers just got better at defending it. I don't know. But – 49ers won. Did you watch that game? Um, I caught a decent bit of it. I mean, I didn't watch it as much um, because I was so – the problem was is with the Bengals and Bills game, I was so like – after after just like watching how disappointing like one side of the ball was. Because like, like the thing was is like the only game that I enjoyed out of the entire weekend really was the Jacksonville-Kansas City game. I felt like that was the only game where I was almost like, I guess it could go really any it could go really any way. Even with Jacksonville being down at one point, I was like, there's still hope they came back by 30 points earlier like last week. So I mean anything's possible. Whenever like after the Bills and game and stuff like that, I was just like, Man, this is just these these division games suck. And then like I didn't really want to watch the game. And then I I came up at halftime and I watched like a decent bit of the ending, but um like the third and fourth quarter, but like did you when watch I saw the final play, I did watch the final play. Yes, the the final play where, or at least it's definitely his final drive. I remember watching that very intensely, and the homie like not making the uh, 
he didn't go forward, gets pushed sideways. So the clock continues to run. They have to spike the ball. Then he does like, he, he does a play and the homie steps out of bounds. One, like doesn't even complete full control one foot inbounds. I was like, bro, this is not college. It, that hurt them. And then at the end, they did that crazy trick play that didn't even go anywhere. Because <laughs> like I, was, I know what that's what I know I what they were trying. I know what they were trying to do. Do you? Like, because no one else does. I'm pretty sure they were gonna try to do like some sort of like they were gonna try to throw it, and then he was gonna try to run, and then he was gonna try to flea flick it, and then like the blockers were gonna like move and stuff like that. And I I kind of saw what they were trying to go for, but as soon as he threw it and the dude got tackled immediately, I was like you could have thrown it to literally anybody else. Like, I understand you were trying to get the ball upfield, but you at that point you could have just pitched it off to Zeke and then just had Zeke run up and then pitch it to that wide receiver and then have all that stuff. It would have never worked, but, like, it could have been a miracle if they would have planned it better. I understand what happened, but but, but did you hear about Mike McCarthy? And I did hear this um, – Apparently he stiff armed a camera guy. Yeah, I saw the photo. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he and did. he might, and he potentially could be getting in trouble for that. So that's kind of interesting coming out of Dallas. I mean, I understand the frustration for the Cowboys, but I mean they had a really good season. I mean, you know, the fact you kept it so close with a team that's currently, I would say, almost favorited at this point to go to the Super Bowl is the 49ers. Um, you kept it very close, and um, I mean. It, you, you you haven't had a bad run. I mean, you knocked out Tampa Bay. So, I mean, like, it, there's nothing to be disappointed with in the season. I mean, it's not the way you want to ever see the game end. But, man, there's no reason to do that. That was like – was it Devontae Adams that stiff-armed that other guy earlier this year? Yeah, he shoved the dude to the ground. Yeah, well, what's with all these cameramen hate, man? They're just doing their job. Yeah, they're just chilling. But I want to I wanna do some brief analysis on this play, this final okay. play. Granted, I know somewhat nothing about analytics. I'm, it's something I'm working on. Or not analytics, but film analysis. And so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys on the line, it looks like. And then you've got uh, two guys kind of further back off the line. You've got Dak, and we've got the running back. Zeke is in at center which I don't understand. He's probably one of the smallest guys on the field. So Zeke's your center. You have the 49ers only have three guys within four yards of the line, which mind you, they're on their own 24 as well. So they've got quite a bit to go here. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Pat McAfee was actually very happy about this play because it got rid of the Colts Patriots play as being the dumbest play of all time. Because they weren't supposed to snap the ball. Dak snapped the ball here. They snapped the ball. Okay. Uh, this, this I assume he's a linebacker, runs up and just immediately plows over Ezekiel Elliott. Like, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott didn't even stand a chance on this play. And it looks like the offensive linemen are all just off to the side. Like, th- if they catch the ball, I assume some of them are eligible to catch it. Yes. They're not going anywhere. Like, they're not fast. Like they're yeah. quick at accelerating, but as far as running, you know, that's probably not, they're not going to run 80 yards here. So they're out of it. You got CD lamb and I can't tell who this other guy is out there. Zeke's on the floor. I just, I don't understand. And they asked Mike McCarthy, they're like, what was that? And he said something along the lines of like, well, that's just something we'd practiced 
as a final play. I was like, why? <laughs> I mean, it, it could have worked if they would have done it differently. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know what they were trying to do because obviously it, it didn't go anywhere. I don't think Zeke should have been at center. I think you should have had your center stay there and then you pitch it off to Zeke. I, I, it's just really tough and the coverage and stuff was just not there. I mean, like I kind of saw what they were trying to go for because obviously it was just going to be a bunch of blocking and flea flickers and blah, 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 and a lot of hope for a, a play that was probably not going to happen after two big crucial mistakes. One being the, I think it was both from the tight end, right? What? The, the, the stepping out of bounds oh, and the guy yeah. getting pushed yeah. not forward. So it yeah, wasn't Dalton, technically out of bounds. Dalton Schultz. Yeah. He ran backwards. Yeah, the, yeah. It was Dalton Schultz ran backwards. And then the other one was um, him having the one foot in bounds, one foot out. Right. So I thought, I mean, I don't blame him necessarily, but it, it was two very crucial plays that, really could have helped them, you know, because if he would have stepped out of bounds, it would have given them a little bit more time. They wouldn't have had a spike. If he would have stayed in bounds, it would have gained them like an extra like 15, 20 yards, which may not have helped anything, but maybe would have helped them at least get something going again. Um, but I mean, nothing it comes easy in the NFL. So you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And in this case, it wasn't. But you know, I mean, I know we're already at 47 minutes and uh, we could talk about this some other time, but I do want to bring up this conversation at some point. Um, do you believe that a team... Sorry, that was there. I had to take it. What, what do okay, I believe do in? You... So do you believe, and, and this was a conversation I had with my dad actually during the Buffalo Bills game and the Bengals, um, was do you think that the overall that for an offense or just for a team in general, a tight end is one of the keys to win a Super Bowl. And Wednesday on No Buts About It, we will be discussing is a tight end the key to winning a Super Bowl? Because I'm going to need time to think about that. Because I have some discussion points for it, and I think I really want to talk about it because. I mean, there's a lot of, I'm not going to get into it, but there's a lot of reasons why I think it could be a very big conversation that could be mentioned. I mean, obviously defenses are very important, mm -hmm. but I've seen a lot of hiccups from teams and it relates to tight ends. So we'll, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. I think, I mean, Friday we'll, we'll do our prediction for the, for the, uh, the divisional game or for the uh, championship games, but Wednesday, I think we should talk about that amongst other things, but I think that'd be a pretty good conversation. I think. We yeah, should I think, I think that'd be good. I mean, obvious, obviously like recently. Yes. I mean, the tight end position has changed, but how beneficial has it been to winning a super bowl? We will see. We will see. We'll find out on Wednesday. So if you're curious, if you don't know what a tight end is, we'll tell you on Wednesday um, until next time. Give us a follow. Give us a rate. You can email us at bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram at nobutts underscore show. You can tag me on Twitter at josh underscore butts underscore 2001. Um, the TikTok is nobutts show, two S's, like no butts, and then show, but they're together. And we'll start probably posting about that sometime next week and stuff, I would assume, yeah, I, in, in the coming weeks and I mean, stuff. Yeah, we'll start posting. He's assuming, but he's in charge of it. So, um, But but 
but for our future thing that's coming on Friday that oh, we're going to mention, yes. that'll probably yes. end up on the uh, TikTok page as well as uh, YouTube. So we'll, we'll, you're going to have to wait and see. Okay. Um, I think I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you all Wednesday for our tight end discussion and um, whatever else happens in the NFL in the next two days. And uh, go do something nice for someone. I don't have anything to give away. Sorry. <laughs> um, but go do nice, something nice for someone. And until Wednesday, have a great week. <laughs>